Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. <sighs> Dak Prescott getting ready, season opener. And what a way to open the season against the Bucks, Tom Brady, and everybody, all the Super Bowl champs down there. And that'll be the way we open the NFL season. Good morning, everybody from New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Sam Acho with you this morning. And yes, as we discussed, Dak Prescott, where he's at right now, Mike McCarthy talking about how he's like a caged animal, can't wait to get out, can't wait to be unleashed because they are, <laughs> they are controlling him right now. They won't let him play. He, he's been in practice doing more and more, but he really wants to get into, uh, like, just get into game action. It's been over a year. Why are you making that face? Be careful what you wish for, right? Cage animal, let him out. He get out there and he go at them dogs and tap her. He run back in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. He's a competitor. He's a competitor. Okay, what I'm concerned with is that he hasn't taken any hits. He's going to have no confidence in that leg. He hasn't. Listen, he potentially one of the most dirty. Okay, not play. You talk about I'm a habitual line stepper. Well, that original line stepper is Ndamukong Sue. If Ndamukong Sue can get a monkey back ride from Dak Prescott and jump on his back to make him test and see if that that leg is fully healed, Hmm. he's going to do it, right? If I'm playing the Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to play Dak Prescott like a – pocket quarterback because I, I dare you to run I dare you to run I dare you to give us the angle so our cornerbacks or our linebackers can run you down and hit you low in that leg and see how confident you are I remember going against Tom Brady fresh off the knee injury we put every single blitz we had up the a gap because we knew that he was going to be afraid to plant that leg and mm. sit that leg out there that had just got knocked out by Pollard because he planted and he had it exposed. So we put everything there, and all those balls were selling, especially early in the season. They were selling because he didn't want to set into it. Will Dak Prescott have the confidence to step into his throws? And also now he has a hurt shoulder. I'm tackling his arms. You know what tackling your arms mean? You know what tackling arms mean? That means you ain't going to have nothing to stop you from falling i'm gonna drive that shoulder through the turf and he'll just do quick passes and, <laughs> and slice and dice well i mean that i'm just saying who? like I'm and just, then hold on this ain't gonna yes, get no bombs on, they ain't gonna get no bombs i'm gonna press you then you ain't getting those son because guess what we playing press covers now what you gonna do cd can run some routes okay what he can do amari's healthy now oh, i'm just saying like you said to who like the cowboys don't have weapons the cowboys got weapons and by and oh by the way My offensive line is healthy bingo a healthy offensive line and a rejuvenated ezekiel elliott what do you say they, so so zeke like last year they said he lost what 10 15 pounds in the offseason do we know how hard it is to lose 15 pounds in like a couple of months it's yeah, not it's easy like not eating carbs That's it's all not it with dedication. Don't, don't eat carbs is dedication? Like, go, going to ketosis Yo, like i can lose 10 pounds in a week you want to see how long, let's come back on on this show next week, let's see if you lost your 15 Don't go into ketosis. The point that I'm trying to make is this. It's like a simple point I'm trying to make is this. The Cowboys don't have to uh, rely on Dak Prescott early in the season. Yes, he's coming off of a leg injury. And his shoulder, he's coming off of a shoulder injury. They don't have to rely on him. They have three of their starting five offensive linemen are coming back. Dominant offensive linemen. They have a running game as well. So they won't have dominant. Dominant. They won't have to rely on. They don't have to rely on Dak Prescott early on. The only reason I say you don't have to rely on him early on is because yes, coming off of an injury, people say he hadn't played in all these days. Yes, things may sail a little bit. Yes, it may take time to get back into your rhythm. I understand you played Tampa Bay Week One. I don't think right. a lot, I don't think a lot of people expected them to win with a healthy Dak, anyways. So hmm. like like let's just make hmm. that clear. Um, I think the biggest point I'm, I, I see is this: uh, the Cowboys have a chance to win this division, especially with a healthy Dak. 
So I respect the fact that the trainers and the staff and the coaches kept him out for as long as they kept him out. It's probably been about two, three weeks now. Mm-hmm. The first was day-to-day. We don't know. And, and I, Kyle Shanahan said it best, and I'll kind of rest my case here. He said, what benefit do I have in telling all of you or any of you who my starting quarterback is going to be? All that does is allow for teams to start game planning. So, what ben- so that's what he said. It makes total sense. What benefit do the Cowboys have in telling us how long Dak will or will not be healthy two, three, four weeks ago? The only benefit that the Cowboys have is getting a healthy Dak Prescott on week one when they play Tampa Bay. Even if they lose that game, which everyone expects them to lose. Even the Cowboys faithful. I grew up in Dallas, right? Even the Cowboys faithful expect them to lose. I mean, that's a little stress. They probably yeah. win every game. Having a healthy Dak like later is better than trying to get him back yeah. right now. But have you ever had an injury early in preseason? I have. Many camps. I have. Did it ever get better? Well, no. You're, you're, I'm so glad you asked that question, Bart. So, in 2013, I was playing for the Arizona Cardinals. We were playing the Saints. I just sacked Drew Brees, and I broke my leg two, week, two, two quarters later. I sacked him in the first half, broke my leg, broke my fibula in, tw- in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And recover- that was week four of the season, early in the season, similar to when Dak got injured. Mm-hmm. Broke a fibula, didn't protrude from the skin, but it happened. Fast forward to the next year, right? You rehab, you recover, you do all the things. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, my leg's not feeling great, but I got, like, some back – I had some back issues, okay. right? Like, my lat was – people don't understand, like, your whole body is connected. Compensation, compensation. Right. Your, your, your body is connected. So, like, like, though my ankle, my left ankle, my fibula was broken, they got all these things, all of a sudden, like, my back is hurting. And all of a sudden, when I'm doing my rehab, they're not working on my ankle. They're working on my back and my lats. And so, when Dak got hurt, it made sense that, oh, like, athletes, like Bart said, are the ultimate – compensators if you have an injury here you'll figure it out another you know what i mean like so so that's what i see here with this injury Dak compensating that's why i respect the fact that the cowboys sat him for as long as they did and that he's and that he's healthier now he's in seven on seven for the first time he looks really good so D- to you he looks job. good Man, not I, to me too ezekiel elliott his okay, teammate yeah, yeah. Well, i'll tell you what he looks amazing well, well, not well, he, well, Zeke not got me. pom-poms right he's sitting up there <laughs> hey hey because he wants everybody to focus on Dak and not focus on the fact that he's a 90 million dollar running back in a position where he's not even the top five running back in the league anymore and he's taking all the cheese off the taco he bro, knows he's a candidate he got the cheese that's why you know bro no, you know no. what it's like to get paid but he Bart, but he you know what it's like but to he's get paid. a candidate next year to take a pay cut no you know you know they coming to him next year he's got to pay Gallup. bingo so he's trying to make sure i'm a great when Worst two words in, in an athlete's life, greatest shape of my life. Yes, that's sure. the word. Like, when you hear that, you know, listen, you, <laughs> you better get ready to get walk paid. that mile. Like, uh, greatest shape of my life, no, I lost 10 pounds. But you right. know what it's like to get paid, right? You, you know what it's deck. like to you get paid. Deck. No, no, but before. So, like, he, like Zeke was grinding, 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 grinding. Got paid, got lazy. That happens. That's facts. Not just in football, in life. Yeah. You get paid, oftentimes you get lazy. You saw what happened with Zeke last year, fumbling the rock. I was watching those well, games. Well, he was, was trying too hard. He was trying too and hard. And he was out of shape. He admitted it. So now he's like, bro, I saw what happened last year. I saw what happened to our quarterback, to our team. I am rededicated. And so, but, like, but Zeke's but, not but, – but, but, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. He's going to be DeMarco Murray. He's going. They're going to run. They're going to run Zeke into the ground, and they're going to either ask him to take a pay cut or they're going to cut his Stop. ass. But let's get he back. To to but let's get back to the. Year. Let's just quickly get back to the Dak conversation, though, because as you guys talked about the compensation of the injury, right? Yes. And, and that's the thing to worry about with Dak, which is what the Cowboys are worried about. Listen to what uh, Robert Griffin III said yesterday uh, on on Get Up when he was talking about the injury with Dak. Now it's the shoulder now, but he said he's not really as concerned about the shoulder as he is the ankle. 
the shoulder injury, back injury that, that Dak is dealing with is more of an overuse injury. So if he can rest it up like they're doing and keep him out of the preseason games, he'll be ready to roll for the regular season. But what concerns me more is the leg injury from last year. Um, just making sure that he's healthy enough to go out there and play the way that he wants to play the game. But once you make that transition and you're back to back on the field, it actually flips on its head and it becomes 10% physical. So I don't want to see some of these restart his body like he's dealing with right now with the shoulder. Uh, I want them to be able to ease him back into it. Do you, under, did you guys agree with that point that the shoulder is not the concern? It's is he as confident with that ankle when he gets into live action? Listen, I had total reconstruction of my big toe. So I have tendonitis in my opposite leg, right? So he's going to – listen, this is just the beginning. If he's not healthy now, wait till we get to week eight. Listen, he's going to fall apart, right? He's going to have to figure out how to compensate, and it's going to hurt other things. That's why they have to lead on Ezekiel Elliott because Dak Prescott's not going to be able to carry them to the finish line this year. That, he, it takes more than a year to heal up because he's got to adjust to the readjustment. That's why you sit him off preseason. I don't care about them sitting preseason. What I hate is the fact that that defense is what's getting him ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag, and now he's going to go against a real defense. So him looking at the speed of that defense ain't preparing him for nothing he's going to see week one. I love that Sam. Game. Sam was concise. That's Sam was concise. No, you said it beforehand. You, you said y'all got to be quick. If, it, if you didn't say that, I'd have been longer and said all my points. <laughs> he, they're going to lose to Tampa Bay anyways. We all know that. And so, like, we're not – stop worrying about Tampa Bay. Keyshawn J. Wills, who presented so by... So don't play him in week one, then. <laughs> We're coming to you live from Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So, more quarterback talk. If you have two, doesn't that mean you don't have one? And then we'll discuss that after I tell you about Dr. Pepper. College football fans, after an offseason, have felt a little more off than usual. Fansville and Dr. Pepper invite you to celebrate because college football is back. And so are the fans. Yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year again. The season of Saturdays when rivalries run deep and nacho cheese dip runs even deeper. So crack open an ice cold Dr. Pepper. Warm up your cornhole tossing arm and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. What did you make of the decision to choose Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke? The Denver Broncos actually did what is a defensive player's dream. Now with Teddy as the quarterback, they will have to be great in situational football. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
make of the decision to choose Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke? In every possession in a kick. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. You're not going to outscore a ton of people or blow them out. There's going to be a lot of tight football games. And yes, on to another quarterback competition that has now been resolved. And this one in Denver, where for most of the offseason, at least before training camp started, there was this hope, maybe a hope, that the starting quarterback for the Broncos would be Aaron Rodgers. That never happened. They didn't get a quarterback in the draft. So they traded for one in Teddy Bridgewater. They bring him in, and he and Drew Locke went head-to-head, and Teddy Bridgewater emerged. Once again, as he has throughout his entire career, he always is the guy that seems to find a way to win. So we go to Denver right now for that discussion And we have Mark Schlereth joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Mark, good morning. So why Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, I think I know why, but why do you believe he's the guy they chose? He's a better quarterback. Uh, He gives them an opportunity to do exactly what they want to do. Vic Fangio has been a defensive guru throughout the course of his career. Uh, They have compiled some pretty good defensive players. Von Miller looks great. Bradley Chubb is back from injury. Their secondary um, on paper, and again, I always say this, on paper I'd have spent a lot less time on an operating table if the games were played on paper. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But on paper, that secondary looks very, I mean, they look very compelling. They're very good. Uh, They drafted Patrick Chetan, the second in, in, uh, in the first round. He is a legit player, and he is playing in camp everywhere from outside corner to nickel corner to dime corner. The guy has been amazing throughout training camp. And they're looking at it like, who gives us the best chance to orchestrate this offense to keep us moving on third downs, to keep us in games, um, being consistent? And, and that, by far, has been Teddy Bridgewater in these, in these matchups, in these practices. And I've been to almost every practice You watch just him through his progressions, how he gets from one side to the next side, how quickly he does that, his presence in the pocket, getting rid of the football, understanding where all five eligibles are. He is is literally, you know, head and shoulders above a young quarterback in Drew Locke in those things, those efficiency um, places. And and that's, that's where he wins this competition, hands down. Mark, this is Sam Macho. Thanks so much for coming on. You said you've been at every single practice, and I think we all know how good uh, Vic Fangio and that defense is, and also the players. Um, my question is, like, does Teddy Bridgewater give the Broncos a chance to make the playoffs, right? Look, look at the, like, obviously we all know who Kansas City is, and I think a lot of people are starting to understand who the L.A. Chargers are. What do you think that he does when it comes to that team and that division and making the playoffs? Well, I, I really think I really think it comes down to staying on schedule. Like, if you want a guy, you know, if you want a guy to make great splash plays, then then Drew Locke is your guy. But the problem with splash plays is there's good splash plays and there are bad splash splash plays, right? And the 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 possessions, a possession in football is you know it's precious, and if you're giving up a possession or two a game you're going to lose in, in, in when you're constructed the way the Broncos are constructed. And so the hope is, hey, listen, we have to be – we have to discover what our identity is when it comes to running the ball. 
we have to have that in place. We have to be able not only to run the play action stuff, but more importantly, we have to run, be able to run the run action stuff, right? The stuff that comes off the boot keep game and all that stuff um, so that we can keep these chains moving. And the bottom line is we just can't turn the ball over. We have to win those close games. So everything becomes vitally important when you're playing that style of football, when you're relying on your defense that you've paid more money than any other team um, in football over the last few years on defensive players. When you're relying on that part of, of the equation, then offensively you have to play a complementary style of football. You can't, you can't throw two interceptions in a game and expect to win those games. And, and that's really where they made this move. And that's really where, you know, Teddy's strength is. And I think you go back um, because they really feel here that this roster is definitely improved and these young players that they drafted, these young wide receivers are going to start to blossom. They want a quarterback to help them blossom, to make sure they're in the right place, to make sure they've got the right depths on routes and all those things. And that's what Teddy brings to the equation for them. And they know, I mean, they know that, that they're going to be in a bunch of one-score games based upon the way they're built. And that's what they're trying to accomplish right now. Mark, uh, Bart Scott, I, I, I feel like your friends call you stinking. I've always been like a honorary, like Mark Slara fan because I feel yeah. like you're one of the best in the game. Can I call you stink? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Bart, that would be my pleasure. Well, well, well stink, like it's crazy. Like when, when, when Aaron Rodgers and when Deshaun Watson were saying that they wanted to go to Denver, I think everybody was surprised. But I think the masses don't really understand how much offensive firepower is on this Denver Broncos offense. When you think about K.J. Handler, Jerry Judy, who had a lot of drops, but we know that he's a stud, but Sutton coming back, no offense. Like, explain to the masses, the people that's listening out there, why Denver is like a sneaky pick to kind of get into the playoffs, and they can be dangerous because they are built like, you know, some of these traditional teams that have, you know, a defense that can travel on the road and an offense that can be electric. Yeah, you know, you, you look at it, Barton, and I've said this for years that the lack that there's a lack of depth on this on this football team, and there has been, and that's why they made the change in the front office. And George Payton comes in, and what they've done this off season to not only to to basically bolster that roster, especially along the offensive line, where they have some answers now, where they really never did. They they never really had answers if somebody went down. And the problem over the last couple of years is, you know, you're starting, and you know this, when you start a backup um, that ends up having to start, a guy that should be playing backup has to start in the NFL. That means the backup to that guy should be a street-free agent. He should be on the, on the street. And so when you have multiple injuries, you have problems. They infuse this offense with a bunch of talent, athletic talent. They need that athletic talent to learn how to play great football. And that has started to happen here. But you know as well as anybody, hey, Jerry Judy can beat people in routes and can beat – I mean, he is he is electric, he is dynamic, he's unbelievable, in and out of breaks, gets on guys' toes at the top of a stem, gets out, and he is wide open. The bottom line, though, is you have to be able to do that when the ball's not coming to you. So the rest of those guys are getting the same opportunities that you're getting, and those are the things that they have not been able to do. There's a big difference between being a great football player and being a great athlete, Right. Uh, and I always say this, football is hard for athletes. It's easy for football players. 
And the the issue that they have right now is they've got an extremely gifted roster athletically that needs to learn how to play football. And I think that's another reason that Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. You see a mistake made on the football field, and Drew Locke goes back to the coaches. Teddy goes to the players and says, hey, man, you can't run that route that way. You've got to have better depth on that route. Hey, you've got to come out of that break. Hey, you have to trust me. If you win on your opening move off the line of scrimmage, I'm going to get you the ball. Don't go into a secondary move because it created a pick. Like, I've seen him walk up to players and say, what are we doing here? And those are the things, that's the nuanced part of football that coaches evaluate, that players can see, that the fan base doesn't. The only thing the fan base sees is Drew Locke throwing one in practice, you know, 70 yards for a touchdown, or throwing, you know, the post against Minnesota um, against the cover four where nobody, nobody covers K.J. Hamler. They see him throw it 80 yards for a touchdown, and they say, that's what we want. We want excitement. Uh, the, the 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 Broncos don't want excitement. They want consistency. That's what they want because that's the way or the formula they feel like they're going to win with. You know, and they, what they also saw Locke do last year was throw the most interceptions of a starter and the worst completion percentage as a starter. So, obviously, a lot of more improvement for him. But now that he's the backup, Mark, what does it mean for his future? I know they said there are no intentions to trade him right now, but still, as a young quarterback who got beat out by uh, a, a good veteran – what does this future mean for Drew Locke? Well, I think me personally, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about Sam and about Bart, but I've been benched, man. I was benched my second year. It was the most humiliating thing that ever happened to me. And also turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I, I realized I looked back on my career critically with a, a different lens and and said, Hey man, you know, one, you gotta be better. And you can't be up and down and you can't be inconsistent. And I'm never going to let it happen to me again. And, you know, and I got my job back later on that season. But the bottom line is I never lost it again. And you can use this as a motivating factor. Drew Locke comes from a system at Missouri that didn't prepare him to play in the NFL. They never talked about protections at Missouri. He doesn't know. He didn't know that stuff coming in. And so, you know, I think there's value in sitting and watching a professional quarterback prepare drew lock when he had joe flacco which joe flacco wasn't really interested in mentoring drew lock but when he had joe flacco he was injured he was rehabbing he had he had hurt his thumb so he was out on ir and then when they dumped joe flacco that's when he started to practice when they decided hey joe Flacco's not our guy you know that's when they that's when in, in 2019 that's when he came back to practice so he's never had a veteran quarterback to learn from and I'm telling you, you can get coached up all you want in this league. And you can have great coaches, and, and, and that's awesome. Players learn from other players. Sometimes coaches tell you things, and they don't make sense to you as a player. Because what you are asking me to do on a grease board works perfectly. <laughs> in real life, it's garbage. It doesn't work. And players can say, hey, think about it this way. You know, think about it related to this. And so players really help help coach up and really help um, the maturation process of other players. So I think there's value in sitting back and watching a professional quarterback prepare for a week. There's value in that. And, and Drew Luck just has to take this as an opportunity to continue to grow, to continue to learn, because he certainly, over the course of training camp, made a lot of strides. He did get better. He is more efficient. He just isn't where Teddy Bridgewater is right now. 
Yeah, and then now at least they have their quarterback situation settled, and we'll see what the Denver Broncos can become for Vic Fangio this season. Mark, always great to catch up with you. Good stuff. All the best. And likewise, guys. Be well, man. Take care. All right, Mark Slareth, host of Slareth and Evans, 104.3 The Fan in Denver on the Goodyear Hotline. So coming up, more quarterback talk. Of course, Mike Reese will join us. Where else? Live from Foxborough. That's where he loves to be. The scene of the crowd. And he will tell you the significance of yesterday's practice in the quarterback competition with the Patriots. That'll come after SportsCenter. ball hit high in the air deep hitter field back on a grisham at the wall and it's gone aj pollock powers the dodgers back into the lead a two-run 16th inning blast number 16 on the season it's the dodgers five and the padres three Yes, it went 16 innings, and the Dodgers get the win, 5-3 over the Padres. A.J. Pollock's two-run homer in the top of the 16th made the difference. It was the longest game of the season. Now, the Dodgers took a 3-1 lead in the top of the 15th, but Fernando Tatis Jr. homered in the bottom half of the inning to tie the score at 3, and the Padres went nine consecutive hitless innings. Yes, before before the Tatis homer, in the 15th, there were 489 combined pitches between both teams. This one was a marathon. Remember, you start every extra inning with a runner on second. More baseball, where the Orioles won a game. That's news. Why? They lost 19 in a row until yesterday. 10-6 went over the Angels. They had to rally down 6-2 to win this game. And... The, the Angels led 6-4 when Shohei Otani left the game. Yes, Otani pitched. Bases loaded walks in the eighth, gave the Orioles the lead for good. And Baltimore was two losses shy of the American League record for the longest skid. Who owned that record? The Orioles, of course. They said it in 1988 when they lost their first 21 games. Otani, by the way, was mortal. Three homers gave up on the mound while striking out three times at the plate. To the world of basketball where Imani Bates commits... To play for Memphis, he is ESPN. He is number three in the ESPN top 100 recruits, and he will now suit up for Penny Hardaway's program in the upcoming season. He appeared in the Memphis Student Directory early Wednesday afternoon. The last day to enroll for the fall semester was Thursday. The 6'9 small forward from Michigan originally committed to Michigan State last summer before reopening his recruitment in April. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear. Movement's always driving us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or the field. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every single mile marker we pass leads us to find out just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. Matt Jones is right there, ready to take the jump. If he does it in live action, what he does in practice, then our competition is answered. I think we're going to see Matt Jones take over. It's the Patriots getting to see Matt Jones by himself without Cam Newton being there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott with you. We are asking on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who should be the Patriots' week one starter at quarterback? And we ask this for good reason. And so far, it is a dead heat. Mac Jones at 49%. Cam Newton, 51%. Mike Reese joining us from Foxborough, our ESPN Patriots reporter, And this has been a story that Mike has been on top of from the beginning. He has continually told us there's smoke. That means there's fire. 
And yesterday at practice, Mike, there was fire, and it was coming out of the arm of Mac Jones. Opportunity, and he took it. No question. Allen, in part, you know, someone on the team described Mac Jones' day yesterday as special to me. And the Giants organization, they were very complimentary of what they saw. If we want to put numbers on it, practice stats, uh, we had him 35 of 40, and at one point he completed 18 straight passes. So, you know, so you're balancing it out. In one respect, you're saying it's practice. Like, you don't want to sort of put too much stock in a practice. At the same time, this one had a little bit of a buzz to it. You know, the Giants are here in town. We had John Bon Jovi at practice uh, <laughs> watching it, and, there, you know, there was a buzz around the practice, and, and Mac did seem to rise up and meet the moment. Now, we know that these simulated practices are great because coaches are able to really set up scenarios and put, you know, put their players into the rest. And, you know, to all accounts, it sounds like he lived up and exceeded expectations. But at the same time, I want to kind of try and keep it in context, understanding that it is a practice. And what do you believe is the best course of action for this Patriot team that I believe has Super Bowl aspirations? Is it to let Cam start the season out and let Mac Jones kind of catch up to the speed of the game and kind of learn by watching? And then if he is able to maybe like later in the season take over for Cam because he is the future of this organization? Well, Bart, you make a great point about keeping it in context and how the coaches sort of manage the situation. So I, I want to take you out to practice yesterday for what I thought was one of the most defining moments. They set up a situation, just like you mentioned, two-minute offense. They put two minutes on the clock, and they had the Patriots try to drive 80 yards down the field. And Mack was exceptional in the drive. He led him down the field for a touchdown, had a 40-yard pass to Jacoby Myers that was a signature play of the drive and Bill Belichick uh, was walking back to the sideline after the drive Mac Jones was down on one knee and he sort of reached out his hand gave him a high five a low five or whatever you want to call it so my first thought was like Bill Belichick thought it was a job Mm -hmm. well done for Mac and when I saw Bart when I saw that I thought to myself this could possibly be shifting like if you were to ask me that after last week's preseason game against the Eagles I would say seems like it's Cam Cam looked good in that game, I thought. And, and then the last three practices where Cam hasn't been here, I really feel like Mac has sort of taken uh, you know, control, if you will. And so I think right now it's almost 50-50, just like that Twitter poll Allen referenced you know, leading into this conversation. I would flip a coin. I really don't know how it's going to go at this point for the Patriots. And Bill loves the fact that we don't know, of course. But, you know, you mentioned the fact that, that Mac has had these last couple of days the, the first team reps, and he's had taken advantage of it. Cam Newton returns to practice today. Who do you expect will get first-team reps, or will they split? So, Alan, I think I'm going to make a prediction. I think it'll be Cam, um, because if it, if it isn't, it would sort of run um, against Bill Belichick's character in terms of controlling the message. Like, unless Bill Belichick at 845, when he addresses reporters, makes the announcement that Mac is a starter, which I would be surprised at at this point, Um, I would think he'll have Cam still back in his position, taking the top reps, followed by Mac. And then whenever Bill is ready to make the announcement, I think that's when it would come more than something we see as reporters out in the field, allowing us to sort of make that determination ourselves based on what we see. Mike, I'm I'm trying to figure out how does Bill Belichick um, view this situation because it looks like you have a – former MVP that, you know, that he has a lot of confidence in. And Cam offers a different type of 
offense, the fact that he can make you play 11 on 11. I mean, do we see maybe potentially a different uh, offense for Cam? It looks like Cam is fighting to be a pocket quarterback, but we know what his nature is and what his capabilities is when he's at the height of his superpowers. And we saw them kind of lean to his superpowers last year. Is it kind of ride the, the, the wheels off of Cam because, you know, he's so, so pretty much a rental and then go to Mac Jones? Or is it, okay, let's try and help Cam to become a, a starter somewhere else in his league somewhere else? So, Bart, I, I would start with this. I, I think Bill Belichick really likes and respects Cam Newton. And go back to last year. You know, last year was a, a year where it was easy to pile on the Patriots, a lot of people. It was a down year for an organization that had a lot of success two decades prior. And Cam Newton stood by the Patriots in those times. He sort of propped up the program. And I think that type of stuff matters to Bill Belichick. And so I think there is a level of respect, and and I don't know if loyalty is the right word from Bill Belichick's perspective in that he wants to stand by Cam as long as he can. At the same time, he always says, Bart, like, I got to make the decisions that are best for the football team. And when we watch the practices and we see Mac running the two-minute offense and all the different things they're doing, it's the more traditional Patriots offense that we were used to seeing when, quite frankly, Tom Brady was here when Cam's the quarterback, and this doesn't mean it's bad, it is a different type of offense. You're seeing a little more read option, a little less of the two-minute no-huddle stuff, and they can still win that way. To me, Bart, it's just a matter of do they want to do that? And, and ultimately, based on what we've seen prior in two decades, you know, I think they want to get back to playing the way they used to play offense, and so it's just a matter of when they want to flip that switch. Yeah, it's, it's funny how this is playing out for the Patriots for Bill Belichick. It feels like a win-win situation because whether or not you play Mac Jones now, everybody seems to believe you found your future quarterback. And after Tom Brady left, that was a huge question. Mike, great stuff as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right, Mike Reese again at Foxborough on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's go to the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-ESPN, 888-729-376. We have Angela in Omaha. Angela? Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Angela? Good. I just want to ask a question. So everybody keeps talking about Mac Jones and beating out Cam, but he couldn't beat out Tua and and, uh, Jalen when he was at Alabama for three years. So why would everybody keep thinking that he's better than Cam? Well, he was a freshman then. Yeah, he was a kid. Now, now he's a grown man, and he's a professional quarterback. And you know, sometimes you know, you know, we've seen guys. Hell, Tom Brady was splitting time with Drew Henson, but that didn't stop him from being arguably the greatest quarterback of all times. So you have to, you know, keep it in context. Cam is on his way uh, descending, and Mac Jones is ascending. And it's one of those things where, like, is is Mac Jones a better quarterback than Cam Newton right now? No, of course not. But you know, is he better point? fit is the question, right? right? Exactly. You heard Reese say yeah, styles the, way they fights. Wa- the way they want to play, getting back to the offense and the way they want to play, right. and maybe that's what they get. They had to cater, yeah, they had to cater to what Cam Newton does well, which is not traditionally how the, the Patriots like to go about you know, running their offense. Just think about Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy G. They had to have a totally different offense for Jacoby Brissett because he had a different skill set. They're not experts in calling game plans that way. They're experts in calling the game plan from a true traditional pocket quarterback that can go and get the ball out of his hands and allow the athletes to be great players. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes for sure. But at least something did happen yesterday that those covering the team there and not just from the Patriots side of things, even the Giants were saying the same thing. Mac Jones did something this week to establish himself, if not immediately as a starter, 
very soon in the future as a starter and the replacement long awaited of Tom Brady. Okay, so you heard from Mike Reese. Bart will tell us how confident he is that Mac Jones will start week one. But first, he'll tell you about Rumble On. Does the thought of selling your motorcycle, ATV, or vehicle already make you exhausted? There's no need to keep putting it off because RumbleOn.com makes selling easy. You'll have the cash offer in minutes and a free pickup, Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha. Trade in or sell on Rumble On will pay cash no matter what the make or model. Visit RumbleOn.com today and enter promo code RADIO to get a $300 increase in your cash offer. Fast bikes, faster cash. Rumble On. The beginning of the season. Oh, man, I want to be in that moment. This is one of them things we say, man, I wish I had that right now. Are you ready? This is Marty Smith, and I'm ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Dallas Cowboys are ready. This is Matthew Berry. The Syracuse Orange are ready. Zellin Hahn, I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Brought to you by Skechers. Skechers, comfort included. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm a bit of an expert. It's time for Bart's Top 5. I took a bacon. Rankings. We got Bart to do some homework. Did you do it, though? Did you actually do the assignment? Yeah, I did it when I showed up for class. Oh, you know, you come you're that guy? <laughs> Are you that guy? Doing it before the bell ring? You're hey, like, man, what'd you get for number two? <laughs> Bart's the guy who does, he does it. He copies off someone else in homeroom. That is Bart. Absolutely. Shows up to homeroom, beginning of the day, goes, all right, who did 100%. the assignment last night? Hey, 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 I did graduate with an economics degree. You know, saying, I know I'll be saying I got. I know I'll be saying I have associates. That's because you know people that talk about how dumb they are are really the smart people. That's really smart. But allegedly, you know, but but you honestly do the assignments last minute. Yeah, you will admit that. Absolutely, okay. I'm last minute. Yeah, no yes. Doubt. Okay, what so, we got? These are Bart's rankings, and ah. they're brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at eight seven seven Ask Dell. So I, I got a sponsor. No, that you mean I get a PC? No, no. You don't have a sponsor. Oh, oh, the rankings oh. do. Oh, well, never mind. All right, so we know Trevor Lawrence, number one pick. He was named the starter for week one. Zach Wilson, the number two pick. Who else are they going to start, right? So he's the starter. And, oh, by the way, more comparisons. I, I, I can't take it anymore. We'll talk about Zach Wilson a little bit later on. But, Bart, after those two, we know yes. they're starting. Yes. Let's power rank 
in terms of confident to least confident, which uh, of the rookies that you expect or could start, should start, would start week one? So one, two, we're done. Number okay. three. Do we have a sounder? Can I get a number three? Number three. Number three. Yes, number three has got to be Justin Fields. You think about, listen, he's pro-ready. He's shown that he's electrified that offense. You have a bad, porous offensive line. You need somebody that can make off-schedule plays. Also, somebody, when you decide to go man-to-man coverage, can make you pay because you can't spy this guy enough. He's a weight room warrior. He's a 4-5-40. He's a guy that can change your angles if you're not you know, equally speed. I think he gives them the best chance to win. We all understand what Andy Dalton is and what he was, QB1, QB2. He's going to be QB on the bench. That's what he's headed for. And listen, I understand he thinks he's the captain now, but by week one, Justin Fields should be the captain. He's my number three. Number four. Man, a Julian salad is less than mac and cheese. Like, mac and cheese is taking over. What? We got shredded, rippling steel and sex appeal and Cam Newton, <laughs> 100% vegan. And we got skin milk and Gouda cheese, cheddar cheese, pepper jack. All that is in that mac, that mac and cheese. Mac Jones is going to be number four. You hear, he's a locomotive, and he's catching up. I don't think he's going to start week one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick says, the future starts now. Cam, I love you, but I got to do you. We've seen him do it to a couple of veterans before. We've seen Corey Dillon come in. We've seen Chad Ochocinco say, hey, man, this wasn't what I expected. We saw, also saw Reggie Wayne come in. Hey, this ain't what I re- expected. Man, Cam Newton, I hate you. I love you, but I got to do you. Mac and cheese is number five. Number four, I'm sorry. <clears throat> number four. <laughs> number five. <laughs> number five, I tell you, man, like you talk about it, the same thing, make you laugh, make you cry. Jimmy G understands this is his last dance. This is the last dance for, 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 for uh, Jimmy G. Like he's going to be looking for a newer employer next year, but he wants to go out on top. The problem is when you hear a, court, a quarterback coach or you hear a head coach say, hey, this guy is one of the smartest guys I've ever had. Like, those are the attributes that you want for your quarterback. And he's a guy that may make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. He has a cannon. He's a little wild with it sometimes, but you cannot deny the talent. I would not be surprised to see Trey Lance step up and maybe take over this team, this Super Bowl caliber team, late in the season once the game slows down for him. So I'm going to go Trey Lance, number five, the least likely. But I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised because the talent is there. Can we do an honorable mention? Honorable mention, just because this, listen, this is talking about Gilligan Island, the loss and all that stuff. Listen, that's what Houston Texans are right now. They don't know what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. He's playing safety one week. He's not practicing one week. He's not showing. You know, they got Tyrod well, Taylor. He's just here so he doesn't get fined. Yeah, yeah, they got Tyrod Taylor there. I mean, if I'm Tyrod Taylor, I don't want no, I don't want no uh, IVs. I don't want no checkups. I ain't giving no blood because last time he did that, he lost his job to Justin Herbert because he was trying to get a shot and punctured a lung. So, listen, if I'm him, I'm like, listen, I'm good on everything. I'm doing everything myself. Because, listen, Davis Mills is a guy that has a lot of arm talent. And you hear, you know, coming from a a Davis Shaw type of offense, is pro ready. And people thought he should have stayed in. And maybe if he could have stayed healthy, he would have been in the conversation as a first-round draft pick. So, maybe he is the future of that team. And the future is now because Tyrod Taylor, at this point, we know who he is. He's a placeholder. He's a guy that's a bridge from a young quarterback you know, from an old quarterback to a young quarterback. So I'm going to honorable mention Davis Mills. And that bridge is always short with him. I mean, he's been replaced by rookies in the last three stops he's Exactly. Been so he's good luck Chuck, right? Like, you get him on Nathan, and, like – Nathan Peterman in Buffalo. 
Baker Cleveland. Mayfield in Cleveland, and then Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. So now he's got Davis Mills over his shoulder, Good and if anybody shot. comes up to him saying, uh, 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 "Tyrod, we, we've got this shot for you," it'll help yeah. you. No, no, keep the None needle away. Yeah, I want keep, your protein keep everything shake. Everything away. You get acid. Even reflux. the team masseuse. No, no, no. Yeah, don't yeah. even touch me. I don't even want a protein shake. You might mess around get acid <laughs> reflux. <laughs> Find a way to get him out of the lineup. So that's the honorable mention there. Can I do say to you? I do want to say this to you though. You know, Andy Dalton was already named Week One starter, right? How are you putting Justin Fields third? <laughs> because listen, and, and Matt Jones got a low five from Bill Belichick, and you're not putting him as next in line. He got a low five, but listen, Bill Belichick is one of these old school guys that are going to be loyal to the veteran until the young guy takes it. And I don't think that you can take it when Cam went eight for nine, right? Like Cam gives you and offers you something. Do you really want Mac Jones to have to be sitting behind center when terrific time comes in? Like Actually, he's going, yeah, you do. No, he's going to become the villain. Like, he's going to be the villain. You know. Who's listen, the villain? Listen, I'm saying Mac, Mac and Cheese is going to become a villain. No, he won't. When, when Tom Brady comes back, everybody's going to bow and kiss the ring. And you'll have, the, Bill air, you'll have the next in line, the heir to no, the no, throne no. under he, center, and he's young, and the excuse Allen, is built in. Allen, it's Allen, built in. Allen, That's Allen. what the people want to see, Bart. Let me tell you Give something. them what they want. Let me tell you something. That's going to be a hard game for whoever's behind center because that Tampa team is going to be coming. You have to understand, whenever you go back and you play a team or a former team, we call it the bowl. So that week, I guarantee you, Bruce Aaron is going to call it the Brady Bowl, and they're going to prove a point. And you don't want I a don't young care guy about back that. They, You're listen, looking at the wrong It way. might be Rocky Four. I must break you. You don't want if a Dominic Sue and all them he dudes does. trying to protect the terrific time and make sure that his homecoming is a great time. This is the defending champs coming into the house. You don't want that pressure. Mac Jones might get booed if he does something to ruin Tom no, Brady. You know, it's going to be Tom you know Brady. Video. Doesn't want to be Tom Brady videos game. up there. No, Cam doesn't want to. You don't want Cam there because that's the one who's going to get booed. They're yes. going to say, we want to see Mac Jones. We don't want to see Cam because yeah. Tom's out here making us wistful, but, but making us feel like listen, nostalgic. No, listen, Tampa's going to be all up jacked over Mountain Dew. Man. So you want Cam to come in and, it, listen, Ty Ball's going to have something special with him. Cam may get hurt. And then you want Mac Jones coming in and being a hero and saying, oh, they play good. I, I need him as my starter. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.